Welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, the show for young Christian business guys about young Christian business guys. We talk sports, we talk business, but most importantly, we talk about Jesus. Today is November 5th, 2020. I am John Harrison, your host, and as a community, we are unapologetically Christian, unapologetically business guys, and unapologetically open and vulnerable about our lives, the challenges that we face, and the faith and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We believe in spiritual mentorship, aka discipleship, learning what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus from another man. We believe in the power of peer groups, surrounding yourself with others who are growing in their faith and will help you grow into the man that God designed you to be. So today, November 5th, 2020, the guests I have on the show I got to know this guy the last few months. We share a few of the same hobbies, and he is a guy who has pushed me, challenged me, encouraged me, and I'm excited to have him on today. So without further ado, welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast, Brady Erickson. Brady, great to have you, man. Hello, John. What a good day. Any day spent with John is is a win in my book. So, <laughs> Although I, I figure you must get, be getting to the bottom of the barrel on your guest list. Really? Wow. I'm sorry to feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> I have like, yeah, 150 guys and I'm just kind of plowing through it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy you're well, on, man. Pleasure. Yeah. 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 We were just talking about this beautiful, I guess you call it fall weather in Minnesota of 70 degrees and being able to enjoy it. Although it, it, it feels like 7 38 o'clock at night and it's like 3 45 in the <laughs> afternoon. So I, I got done golfing at like, we had to leave the course at what, 4 30? two days ago because couldn't see the ball and that's why it shanked it too like because usually i hit hole in ones on on par threes and so it was like <laughs> this is getting ridiculous but, yeah when you weren't making them from the tee yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's traditionally actually way easier than putting that's my struggle yeah. <laughs> yeah. good man well tell us about yourself you're sitting there in that awesome little loft in south minneapolis well the loft of your home not an actual loft, loft of my home no fill us in tell us about yourself yeah, well, uh, according to uh, my birth birth certificate, my name is Braden Erickson. I am a uh, <laughs> that's my proper name. I go by Brady. A little easier to to swallow sometimes, but um, I am a a realtor in Minneapolis in the Twin Cities. Uh, I, I used to be a teacher and made the transition to becoming a realtor a few years back and. Uh, I haven't really looked back since. I, I love what I do. I'm on a, uh, a really awesome team. I think I'm in a really awesome brokerage, I should say. And uh, yeah, you've actually interviewed Josh Schrock, who's our CEO. And I'm just kind of his, uh, uh, I wouldn't say right-hand man. I don't think I'm, I'm that elevated. I'm, I'm kind of his, his servant. And I just, you know, go where he, he tells me to go. So. Mm. That's awesome. Servant heart. He, he says, he says, jump. I say, how high? Hmm. That's good. That's yeah. good. It's an honor based culture we live in. So you, I'm sure yeah. you're learning a lot from him. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, are you from Minnesota? Where do you live in? I am. Yeah. I grew up in uh, Chisholm, Minnesota. Have you heard of that? Never. Really? Really? Oh, that's the Iron Range, isn't it? That's Chisholm? the Iron Range. Part of the Iron Range. Yeah. It's right next to Hibbing, mm, uh, yep. Grand Rapids. 
um, kind of in the boondocks, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun, fun place to grow up. Uh, it's, there's a lot of freedom up there to kind of adventure out into the wilderness and blow stuff up. And, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a little bit more anarchy, um, but it's a, it's a peaceful anarchy. It's a, mm. it's a nice quaint community, a lot of hardworking people, um, a lot of just, yeah, simple Americans and, and uh, I came down here for school, went to University of Northwestern in Roseville, and uh, there's kind of no looking back. Uh, I knew the studios was was more my more my jam, and uh, have have been here ever since. Mm. Well, we were talking just before we jumped on the show here, and you had kind of made a comment that this was your first podcast, oh. and I'm excited to have you. Um, and you also made the comment. I just share. You said I always thought my first podcast was going to be the Joe Rogan podcast but it happened to be the young christian business guy so yeah. a close second um no. in terms of no shortcomings in terms of quality just maybe no. a little bit of difference in, in user base listener base. well see I, I was thinking i kind of short-circuited the system i jumped right to the top mm, yeah there you go you didn't have to yeah you didn't have to go on some of the smaller local didn't podcasts. need to do the minor leagues yeah that's straight awesome. to the majors yeah. i love it well in the short time we've gotten to know each other i got to actually play in a uh uh what was that charity golf tournament a couple months ago? And just what struck me was kind of your journey that you've you've been on. And and I want to hear a little bit more about your journey from being a teacher to a realtor. So how did you end up becoming a teacher? And then what led you to get into the real estate field? Oh man. So it's kind of a, a funny story, but uh I mean God's God's hand is is obviously guiding <laughs> all of it and and I wouldn't uh have I've created the plan for myself if I knew what I was doing, but um, I was actually working at Sun Country Airlines as a crew scheduler, uh, not cruise, but crew like the uh, pilots and flight attendants. And it was an overnight job. It was, it was kind of my first real job out of college. And uh, it was, it was nice because, you know, you get flight benefits and, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm, you know, going to be a jet setter. And, uh, and, what I didn't realize is that I could not work overnights and, and have a productive life or, um, or not feel like I'm dying every day. So I decided to, um, just kind of reevaluate, you know, what, what is it that I really want to do? I I had gotten a degree in history and, uh, my initial thought was I would want to go to law school. And I just kind of felt, uh, like the Lord wasn't leading me down that, that path, or I wasn't smart enough, one of the two or both. And, um, but, but I, I was like, well, what, you know, what could I do to, to kind of leverage what I, I've already studied? I don't want to go back to school. Um, I kind of want to take a step forward without taking two steps back. And so um, a, a friend of mine pointed me to a book um, similar to kind of what we were talking about, John. So that, that community, um, it, but there's a, there's a book called uh, the, gosh, there's a couple books, but Repairing the Runes. And the other one is the the case for classical Christian education. So I picked up that book and I read it and I, I devoured it because um, I was so awestruck by by how um, how different a perspective it was on on what it is to train up children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and and I had always thought you know I went to public school and you know I don't have anything against public school on on paper um, but but knowing what you know knowing what we know about the way the world is is turning. Uh, public schools tend to be more and more of a battleground for uh, for families and for children, certainly. And I, and I realized that, man, this is a this is a really cool mission field that that aligns with what I you know enjoy, even just 
kind of studying about in my pastime, like in my in my free time, I should say. Like I love reading about church history. I love reading about um, theology, the things of God, and and uh, so I reached out to one of the only schools in the Twin Cities that that has <laughs> that is doing classical Christian education, and I said, hey, I want to work for you guys. Um, and they are they you know they were a very small outfit at that time, and they said somebody wants to come work for us. That's great. Like, and even like a, you know, a, a male being a male too was, was kind of uh, refreshing for them because there wasn't a whole lot of male teachers. And um, so the Lord really just opened up that door and I, I jumped in and, and uh, was able to teach uh, kind of the following school year. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of dragging on, but long story short, I did that for about four years and um, I was doing real estate part-time in the summer just because I, I wanted to make ends meet, kind of fill the gaps. And real estate had, had always been a passion of mine. But um, what I realized is that, you know, there was just a, a point where a house divided can't stand. And I needed to kind of choose what I was going to really uh, pour all my energies into. And um, it just became more and more clear that real estate was was really what um, was fulfilling and was going to be um, what was hopefully best for me. And, uh, not that <laughs> it's all about me, but, but I, I felt, you know, a lot of peace of, of moving into that full-time role. And it, it, I think God made it clear that, you know, it was necessary to do, to do that. So I stepped away from teaching. I, I still love going back there and I I'll volunteer and, and go sub, <laughs> substitute when they need me. Um, so it's fun to see, see the kids that I've, I've taught before and, and all that jazz, but, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the short synopsis. Mm. You struck a chord with me when you said <clears throat> this idea, it's called, what was it? Classical Christian education mm -hmm. was it, was it, you know, the book you read, what are a few of the main key differences or pillars that you would say, obviously not the, the ones that are easy to point out, but what are some of the yeah. keys that you say, this is really what separates this type of education from, I would say the mainstream education in today's world. Yeah, well, there's kind of two veins of it. One is the pedagogy, so the what is being studied, and it's it's certainly more liberal arts uh, emphasized. It's emphasized. It, obviously, there's still um, it, it basically it's 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 foundationed in seven different pillars of of how classical thinkers were trained. Um, and so you think of some of the founding fathers. So I mean, men like Washington and Jefferson, um, even more historically. Uh, John Locke, any of the English, um, you know, brilliant minds, they would have, they would have been taught in, in kind of a classical methodology. Uh, and there's three different uh, schools, three different, uh, not schools of thought, but three different kind of stages to it. There's the grammar stage, the logic stage, and then the, uh, the rhetoric stage. And so it's a very different layout than just like uh, disseminating a bunch of information all the time to people and saying, Hey, learn this, learn this. But it's, it's kind of a, it's just a different way of thinking about how, how, uh, how the mind works, how children, um, process things, how, how they develop. And, and maybe the short summary is basically in the grammar stage, children are really good at taking in information and they, um, can memorize a lot of stuff. They like to do chants, like sing little jingles, and they can get a lot of information in their heads, but they don't necessarily know how to wrestle with it. It's just, it's a good place for them to, to input. And, and, you know, that's why I think if you grow up in a Christian home, a lot of, a lot of time is spent with children in cult Iwanas of, of, of the world, uh, inputting a lot of biblical truth and, and as a child, we don't, we often don't comprehend a lot of that stuff, but it, but we have it hidden in our hearts. And, um, 
but as, as children grow, they tend to be a little bit more, they start to think for themselves in about seventh grade, eighth grade is when uh, they start asking the why questions. Like why, you know, why is this the way it is? And usually that comes out in argumentation and it comes out in, in asking their parents why they have to do that um, because they have some sort of uh, logical justification for it. So we, we teach them uh, actual formal logic so that they can think reasonably and clearly and truly and not just uh, be tossed to and fro by uh, kind of subjectivity and and uh, things that are, are not concrete. And so they're they're taking that grammar that they've learned and they're they're putting it into logical sequences and thoughts. And, and then the final stage is kind of making it beautiful, the rhetoric of it, and, and being winsome, not just being a uh, somebody that goes on Facebook to try to win arguments, but somebody that is 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 truly um, trying to help beautify and and so the idea the principles of truth beauty and goodness are being put on full display hopefully where there's um, there's kind of this uh, roundabout there's this uh, this uh, totality to it and it's it's the total package not not just putting people into a box and say study stem stuff and have your head in the sand and don't learn about anything else but it's it's trying to make really the classical man or woman like the true Renaissance man or woman. Um, and this is probably really boring to 90% of people, but I, I just find it fascinating. And I think it, it's so important for Christian civilization, uh, or Western civilization. And, uh, and, and then again, so that's the classical bit. And then the Christian bit is, it's just seeing God in all things that, you know, God is the creator of all things. It's not just these subjects. Math isn't a subject that's just net neutral. Uh, God created, God is logical. He is the logos. And, and so numbers have a purpose they have an order because god has created them and so we can worship him in every discipline and and god is just not part of the bible class that we study god is is to be seen in all things and rejoiced in in all things and glorified in all things all subjects because it's all under his um under his his creative order and mandate i fall into the 10 percent category um In You're that. kind of a nerd, so yeah. Yeah, secretly and openly. Yeah. Um, you made a comment, and it struck a chord with me again. A house divided cannot stand. Um, currently, we find ourselves, um, November 5th, 2020, two days removed from every four-year presidential election. And without going into uh, too much commentary around it, because I think it will be fairly easy for people to find commentary, any media outlet <laughs> they choose. Yeah. Um, Go figure. Huh? What blows me away in the United States in 2020, if you look at the popular vote, for example, how it, it doesn't get much closer to being a house divided. Less than a million votes either way, 500,000, a million, a million and a half, whatever. I mean, half of the country this way, half of the country the other way. I mean, I, I don't know how you better define a house divided. So with all that being said, Brady, we're going to lean on you to provide some expert commentary or just <laughs> your, your opinion. But going back to your kind of your, your, your classical Christian education, I think there was what you said was, was the Christian side of things is seeing God in all things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked very briefly uh, as we before we jumped on of kind of the responsibility that you and I both feel as followers of Christ to bring about positive change and impact in our spheres of influence, no matter how close or how far. Um, Share a little bit of your thoughts on that and 
also your thoughts on Nehemiah. <laughs> uh, you have a mute button ready just in case you need to cut me off. Yeah. <laughs> I just have a, I just have a remove from podcast. So okay. I might have to do that. Yeah. It was, well, it was fun while it lasted. So, um, I guess maybe I'll, I'll start with Nehemiah and what I, I find just be an extension of the cultural mandate. Um, and, and what was happening in, in Nehemiah's day was they were, you know, they were returning. The Israelites were returning from exile. The Jews were returning from exile and they were, called to repair the ruins of the city and so it's and the way that they did that actually was with a shovel in hand and a sword in hand and so they were both building and they were fighting and um so the the imagery uh that can kind of be extrapolated from that is is obviously it may not be physical here today but um i think both on kind of a spiritual and and uh in the battle of the minds, um, there is, there's a real war being waged in, in our culture. And we're not called to just sit idly by and sit on our hands and say that, well, whatever will be, will be. And we talked about called the sovereignty of God in all things. That's certainly true, but it's a both and where God is sovereign and, and part of his descriptive will or his will of decree is, is that he's going to bring all things about. Um, but how he does that is also through his, his perceptive will, where he instructs us to do things and we are called to do those things. And we're not called to just say, well, uh, God, God will figure it out. Um, he's not going to use, <laughs> he's not going to use me, but, but we are tools in his hands. We are vessels certainly. And our usefulness is when we are, uh, holy vessels unto him and we are consecrated to him. And so, um, the I think the burden for that you were maybe Ill, you know, alluding to, and I, I think I feel heavily is how do we as as Christians just be Christian men in this world, and and not just cower in fear or or just get tossed to and fro by whatever you know political climate or whatever uh, cultural climate or pressures are are waging war on us. But how do we how do we build a family? How do we uh, impact a community? How do we how do we uh, evangelize in in effective ways to build the kingdom both spiritually but also uh even temporally like it it does matter who is running the show it, it does matter who is our president it does matter who is uh your state legislature or who's your city council member because there are implications that will affect lives and and although we oftentimes just uh say well those are just going to be trivial things like uh you know it's not that big of a deal if, if there's a tax levy to, to have more money towards the school. But, but when we think about it, it's like, well, we're, we're still responsible for um, every penny that, that God gives us to steward. So it's like, well, we want to be wise about those things too. We don't want to just say, well, whatever will be, will be, but how do we use our money most effectively? And, and is it going to be through a school levy and, and paying more in taxes, or is it going to be through using that money through another uh, channel or, or in a different way? So, obviously the, I, I'm not trying to, to <laughs> denigrate school levies. I mean, that's, those are, are, are necessary and good in some, in some aspects, but I think maybe what it is is just a call to exercise wisdom in all things and not just be complacent and settle for uh, not thinking circumspectly about uh, kind of the implications of, of uh, all of life being li lived unto God. Mm. So for the, for the listener out there, Brady, who's going, yes, I, I feel that. How, how do I make an impact? How do I build a family uh, with the right values? How, how do I do those things you're talking about? 
What would you say to that listener in these times of search for truth, search for understanding, <laughs> et cetera? Um, <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, we could, we could short circuit to, uh, I don't, I don't want to jump to the, the Bible verse, but the Bible verse that we had, we talked about before going on there, like the one that, that kind of stuck out to me and I got to pull it up just so I read it rightly. But, um, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. And I've, I've kind of just been reading in, in the Proverbs of, uh, the importance of wisdom. Uh, I think we oftentimes think that uh, wise people are just people that are, are like really mature Christians and that's um, reserved for the old, uh, the old saints. And, and that we, as you know, call it young Christian businessmen, we don't, wisdom isn't really a category that we want to like define ourselves or, or put ourselves <laughs> um, as, as having any sort of importance in our lives practically. But um you read the first nine, 10 chapters of Proverbs and it's, it's, it's almost kind of uh, incredible how redundant uh, uh, he is, how, how redundant Solomon is because he, he just says, get wisdom, get understanding. And he says it about a hundred different ways, but, but it's all um, kind of pointed to this idea that wisdom is so imperative to everything else, everything that, that we are gaining in wisdom will trickle into all sorts of other areas of life. And, and I mean, I think real wisdom is, is just being able to, uh, to know God. Right. So <laughs> he says, get wisdom, get understanding, but he says, what is the beginning of wisdom? Well, it's, it's, uh, the fear of God and to know God. And, and so all, all that it takes for us, I think is, is just being able to, to, to know God and who he is and know him rightly. And, and I mean, this is said a hundred times over, but uh, how do we know God, but through his word. And um, I think, I think that just unlocks the doors for us to, to be able to react to what culture throws at us. Because I think um, it, it's not about necessarily always having, having everything figured out. But I think if, if we're really seeking the Lord uh, and asking for wisdom, we're going to get hit with stuff and, and we're going to have, um, wisdom that's ready in the moment's notice that we can deploy in any situation, in any, any context. And, um, we can make an impact on, on things that are going on around us. Um, obviously that's, that's maybe a little bit abstract too, but those are kind of the things that have been weighing on me. So that's, that's all I can kind of, <laughs> that's maybe what's, what's easiest to, to speak of right now. But I think there's a lot that you can unpack with that, um, outside of what I'm saying. I believe it's, I think it's James 317 when it talks about wisdom that comes from heaven. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful verse that illustrates that. But wisdom is to know God. And what's the greatest way to know God? It's to know his word. Mm -hmm. Sanctify so them in we, the truth. Your word we, is if truth. We cut, if we cut through a lot of the commentary that you and I could sit here and talk about, yeah. it's how much time are you spending in God's word and how well do yeah. you know it? Yeah. And I think because I love church history, I love reading it about uh, the giants of old. We, I mean, we stand on the shoulders of giants when it comes to our Christian heritage and um, the people that have had the most effect in the history of the church and really in the history of Western civilization and even Eastern are men that bleed Bible. And uh, they have hidden his word in their hearts that they might not sin against him. 
and they meditate on his law day and night. And they are like a tree uh, planted by streams of living water that bears fruit in its season and its leaves do not wither and everything he does, he prospers. And so um, it, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just such a simple equation. Although we, we always say, well, this, I think the struggle that, that we as men have in, in reading the Bible is we think it's, there's too many degrees of separation between reading scripture and being practical. Um, practicality is, is obviously super important and we need to, um, we need to use our minds to, <laughs> to think and reason and, and wrestle with, with practical implications of things. But, but I don't know any other way that we can do that without starting with a foundation um, that is a firm foundation. And, um, and th- those, those, again, those men that have, have been um, uh, most struck by the Bible, I think have consequently struck the world in the most <laughs> awe-inspiring ways. And um, it's, it's really encouraging for me to read those, those stories and, and see that, you know what, they weren't, they weren't these super gifted men. They weren't these men that had even necessarily had a big position or had um, a whole lot of notoriety or, or whatever it was, but they were just simple, simply faithful men uh, who knew what it was to, to be holy and were holy indeed. And um, I think that's, that's just a remarkable legacy that they've left for us. And I think that the church has, has sometimes uh, forgotten about because we get so caught up in the here and now. And we, we think that there's nothing to learn from the past. There's nothing to learn from the saints of old. And, and we were like, well, how can we fix today's problems with today's methodologies? And, and, and we get too cute with it. Um, but, but I think we, uh, we're not, we're foolish if we don't think that there's wisdom in an abundance of counselors and in, those counselors being uh, the saints that have gone before us and um, have been victors. Mm. You shared so many impactful things just then. Um, the fact that, you know, men that bleed the Bible or the people that have ble- bleed the Bible are the ones who have made massive impact. So a quick book recommendation for any listeners out there, 100 Bible Verses That Made America by Mm. Robert J. Morgan. 100 Bible Mm. Verses That Made America. Buy it, read it, um, share your thoughts with anybody in your sphere of influence. Disagree with it if you want, but it's fascinating. Uh, So Brady, we we talked about James 1, verse 5, which was your verse of the day. Before we jump there and then just close with that, um, there's really three things I would say foundationally that have shifted my faith life and those around me. Number one is, is being in God's word, being a self feeder of the word of God. A lot of, but a lot of guys come to me and they say, John, I don't know how to read the Bible. Where do I start? What do I do? Um, I've often recommended five Psalms in a proverb, start in the book of John, read one of the, uh, uh, Paul's epistles, right? Just come to some of the shorter books and then take some time in the old Testament. There's, there's different reading plans. Now there's more resources and tools than ever before to more effectively read the Bible. That's number one. Number two is, is being a discipleship relationship. So learning from someone who's a little bit ahead of you of not only what it means to follow Jesus, but what, what does it look like practically? And to be in that consistent, um, affirming, appreciating, but accountable relationship with somebody. And then the third is to be in a peer group, 
being around a small group of people, a fellowship of believers that can push you, hold you accountable and help you grow. And so those three things I think are really solid foundational legs of a stool to set yourself up for being the most significant and to flourish amongst challenging circumstances, adversity, et cetera. So with all of that being said, when you think about discipleship in peer groups, uh, what role have those played in your spiritual life and development, one or the other? Hmm. Yeah, I think maybe because we we know the solution to peer groups. It's called uh, CBMC. <laughs> so that one's already problem solved. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but but maybe speaking to disciple discipleship. Um, which CBMCs also can be an answer. Exactly, exactly. And so there's there's outlets there. It's two birds with one stone. Um, I think discipleship is, I mean, it's it's what is required of us. It's, uh, <laughs> there's there's a biblical mandate. And so it's, it's not really like, hey, do I, do I think this will be useful for me? It's, this is a God-ordained uh, life practice slash call uh, for all all men. Um, and that may look differently in, in different seasons of life and different stages of life. But, but I think there's always a, um, there's always a need for there to be a, a man who is, uh, again, like you said, walking with God, who, who can speak into your life in a way that, uh, others can't and, um, are not simply maybe even struggling with the same things that you might struggle with or, uh, are, are just kind of buddy buddies, but, but somebody that really is that you can sit at their feet. I mean, you see, <laughs> you see the wisdom of sitting at somebody's feet and, and, um, being quick to listen, slow to speak and, and being able to humble yourself too and say, you know, I don't have it all figured out. And I need to find people in my lives that, that know more than me. Um, you talk about that in business, obviously, the prudence of that, like <laughs> you want to be a better businessman. Certainly you want to surround yourself with people and, and you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. The same is true spiritually, certainly, um, where you can walk with men of God. And, and, you know, I talked a lot about the importance of, of seeing biblical or, or Christian examples, uh, even in history as being super influential. Obviously you cannot be discipled by Martin Luther. Um, and, and Martin Luther reading really good uh, theology books or reading books uh, of men of renown are, are good, but they, they don't replace true discipleship where somebody knows about your life, knows about what you're struggling with, knows about uh, your, your, what sins you're fighting, what, um, what your gifts are, like how they can encourage you specifically. Um, and, and that is just a, a totally different animal. And, and I think that is, a, it's just a, it's a non-negotiable for any, any Christian that wants to, uh, truly walk and grow and, and bear more fruit. And if you don't want to bear more fruit, then you really need the disciple. <laughs> I mean, you, you really need discipleship because there's, there's something missing there too. So, um, I, I yeah, I just think it's, that's really it's so good. important. Yeah, that's really good. So last question real quick. Um, if we flash back five, seven years, um, you're sitting across the table from your, your, your younger self. Mm -hmm. What's something that you tell your younger self? Uh, I mean, first I'd probably punch myself in the face. Um, <laughs> I've said the same thing. That's good. <laughs> How old am I? I was 29, 7, 22. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, maybe I would say it now, get wisdom, get understanding. Mm. Uh, don't, don't think that you can just sit idly by and wait for those things to, to just fall into your lap. Um, and maybe I'm probably repeating myself, but maybe it's worth repeating. The, what's, what's been sticking out to me in the Psalms is that it's, it's just such this proactive call to it. It's, it's seek it. It's, it's, it's hear it, listen to it. It's uh, to treasure it. So there's like, there's different facets of that. And, and I think all those can be, uh, those can be part and parcel or those can be replacements or what, what am I thinking of analogy for just basic Christian disciplines? Like what are those things that we're called to? Well, to seek something, how do we seek it? Well, I think the most uh, consistent way of seeking that we do is by searching God's word, right? We're, we're, we're mining for, for gold in there. We're mining for truth in there. Um, and then, you know, listening is, is kind of, you know, it's, it's through prayer. It's through uh, conversation. It's, it's through hearing the word, word of God, but also praying to God, wanting to, to hear from him, to be spoken to. So we're, we're seeking, we're listening, but also, um, treasuring so i think treasuring is scripture memory uh so praying uh seeking searching the scriptures reading and and uh and mem scripture memorization hiding god's word in our heart and seeing that those things are are just those are non-negotiable I, I one of my favorite theologians he 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 quoted scripture for about 15 minutes um to start a sermon and um and then he he gave and it was I mean, it's just profound, stunning, and and I never seen anyone quote scripture for fifteen minutes. I don't know if you have. It's it's pretty impressive. <laughs> and and one of the things he says that that stuck out to me, he he said how anyone walks through this devil ruled world without scripture in hand or really scripture on their heart is beyond me. And and how we can expect to go fight the fight of faith. And, and not have any ammo or have any equipment um, is, is pretty, it's pretty stunning. But we think that we can do it because we're, we tend to just rely on our own strength. And, and I'll get through the day and say, you know what? I don't need to start the day off by, by, uh, by really digging into the word. I can just kind of coast by and I'll, mm. I'll, I'll shoot from the hip today. That's, that seems like a really ba bad plan as a warrior or soldier. Um, <laughs> and, and, equally so for uh, somebody who's in the army of God. Mm. Extremely, extremely valuable. Get wisdom, get understanding. So after punching yourself in the face, you would then tell yourself, get wisdom, get understanding. And then you laid out a map on how to do that in instructions. Mm -hmm. So that was super powerful. I'll just bring up very quickly the verse of the day we shared, which was James 1, uh, verse 5, which is any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So I think one of those things is you need to ask the Lord for wisdom, but then you also need to seek wisdom and the wisdom that has been laid out has been laid out in the word of the Lord. So Brady, this was a super powerful episode. Uh, you shared such great content. I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing in your life, excited for what's ahead. So have an awesome weekend and I appreciate you, man. Good seeing you, John. Talk Take to care, you What a, uh, what a privilege to be able to have godly men like Brady on, um, on the show.
just when when the Lord laid this on my heart to start this podcast, it was how can I share the stories of men from around the country who are young men in business, but also who are young men who are young men who are following Christ and what's going on in their world. Um, and so as I record the 50th episode today with Brady, um, such a timely, timely episode uh, with everything that's going on. But some of this, some of the thoughts that he shared were get wisdom and get understanding. And how do you get wisdom? How do you, how do you get the wisdom, which is to know God? You get it by being in God's word, by being in God's word. We know God through his word. Um, he talked about this concept that a house divided can't stand. A house divided can't stand. He so beautifully illustrated the book of Nehemiah and his story as being the cupbearer to the king and repairing the ruins of the Israelite city. And he did it with a shovel in one hand and a sword in another. And he said, you know, it was a building and a fighting, a building and a fighting. So powerful. Um, one thing that was a favorite thing of mine during Brady's message today was this idea that he talked about classical Christian education. I thought that was so, so fascinating, uh, was learning how to not only ingest information, but then how to logically think through that information and then from a rhetoric standpoint, deliver that information. And then we finally close with talking about peer groups and discipleship. And I thought uh, Brady did such a nice job. He said, discipleship is a biblical mandate. It is a biblical mandate. It's not something that we are going to just think about, oh, this might be helpful in my life. No, it's a biblical mandate, God-ordained practice for all followers of Christ. It's a non-negotiable. So if you are looking to get connected to a peer group like Brady talked about or to a discipleship relationship, visit our website, ycbguy.com. Y is in young, C is in Christian, B is in business guy, G-U-Y.com. We have a landing page there. And at the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, our goal is to get you connected to a peer group or to a discipleship relationship. Visit that webpage, put your information there, select one of those boxes. We can get you connected to either a in-person or virtual peer group, an in-person or virtual discipleship relationship, or you can join our weekly call for young Christian business guys we have every Tuesday, or there's a box there where it says, I want to learn more about what it means to be a Christian. You can check that box if you want to process with somebody. Uh, we believe that faith is not the absence of doubt, but the processing of doubt. So go to that web page, fill out your information, get connected, and we'll get you involved in a group in a relationship today. So today, October, November 5th, 2020, episode number 50 of the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, stay on purpose, and we'll see you next time. Take care. I'm not going to